on this uh, Monday in the city. Uh, it's six o'clock straight up. That means RTM for the uninformed. Real Talk Memphis is on the air. It's your boy Chip Washington here. Very happy to be here this evening. I hope that you have had a good day. I hope you had a good weekend and everything's been good uh, since the last time uh, we connected up about a week or so ago. Beautiful, beautiful day. That's all I got to say about that. I mean, temperatures in the low 80s. If you wanted a picture-perfect view of things, today was the day to get it. I can tell you that right now. And it's going to be a very, very nice week from what I'm to understand. We are going to see temperatures in the low 80s for the next uh, day or two. And then we're going to actually have highs in the upper 70s. So I think it's safe for me to say that uh, the brutal temperatures of summer uh, are now over for us. I don't see a 90-degree temperature in sight again. Uh, and this is my optimistic view of things until next, I don't know, May or June. So uh, I think it's safe to say fall is actually here, and we are in good shape. So uh, there are lots of ways to get this uh, fine piece of radio broadcasting. Uh, right now we're on 91.7 on the FM side, the WYXR. We're also on the WYXR app. You can catch us there. Tune in, T-U-N-E-I-N. Go to tune in, put in WYXR in the search, and you can uh, also pick us up. And uh, we are uh, on Facebook Live. If we're not on Facebook Live yet, we should be here shortly. And uh, we'll be doing the YouTube thing. And uh, as we are a podcast, when they post uh, the show tomorrow, you will be able to catch us or actually find us wherever it is you get your podcast. So um, as I stated at the top, always nice to be here on a Monday evening for Real Talk Memphis. Uh, uh, it's just kind of uh, a great extension of the day. And before I even get started, I'm a little irritated right now because um, as I was coming down here, I was thinking about what I wanted to eat. And uh, what I want to eat, what I want, I can't get because the place is not open. And nothing to do with this show. I, it's not open. So you, you want to know what I want to eat that I can't? get because the place is not open okay i'll tell you anyway i want a glazed donut twist from one of my favorite donut shops now <laughs> i got somebody sitting in the studio just staring at me like huh <laughs> that one, that's what i want i want a glazed donut twist um there's a place on y'all know the place on the union i can't think of the name of that donut shop on union across the street from uh, kroger's that's where i want it from yeah, me, yeah, that place. Yeah, and so they're not open again until like 3 o'clock in the morning. So anyway, too bad for me. Anyway, so we have a good show for you tonight. Uh, I think, as per usual, we try to provide you with some uh, good guests. Uh, Henry Reeves, uh, let us be your voice, uh, is uh, the attorney. Uh, he will be on the show uh, a little bit later on uh, uh, talking about uh, – why he feels it is such an important component to give back to the community that he serves uh, outside of the fact that he provides legal representation. And he's also uh, got a movie that his uh, company has produced uh, and that he's actually uh, featured in. We'll talk about that a bit later on as well. Tory Bates. Tory Bates is the executive director of For the Kingdom. Now, what is that? You may be asking yourself. For the Kingdom is an organization uh, really for the youth of our city. It's based out in the Raleigh area. 
uh, and, and really is a sort of a, you know, a, a mentoring place, a, a place where young people can go to stay out of trouble and to communicate with each other and try to accentuate the positive more than the negative. And he'll talk about that as well. And also um, did a, an exclusive interview with uh, the Tri-State Defender newspaper about a week or so ago about uh, Ezekiel Kelly. Uh, who he's familiar with, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll chat a little bit about that and maybe some of the reasons, uh, you know, why things happened the way they did a couple of weeks ago. So that should be a very interesting conversation for you to stick around for. And a bit later on, we're going to talk to Booker T. Lee. He is a horticulturist in this town, and he's also, uh, you know, he's got a little show that he co- co-hosts on WKNO, and um, he knows everything there is to know about gardening and and horticultural stuff and weeds and, and fertilizer and moles and the whole nine yards. So I got him on since the season has changed. And how do we take care of our garden and our, and our, and our uh, uh, grass and things uh, as the season is turning from summer to fall? So pretty good variety of a show. Now, for those of you out there who are celebrating uh, birthday today... Okay, a little early. That's okay. <laughs> For those of you who are celebrating a birthday, that's okay. That's all right. Let's, let, let, let me hear the music. Go ahead. Go ahead. Pump it up. Pump it up. There you go. Okay. So um, if you're celebrating today or, 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 or you had a birthday over the weekend or you have one coming up this week, uh, this is your shout-out cue. So happy birthday going out to Walter Womack. Earl Fisher, Pastor Earl Fisher, is celebrating a birthday today, as in Jonathan Smith. Darcy Thomas, news anchor at Fox 13, she's celebrating her birthday today, as well. Happy birthday, Darcy. Uh, Sharon Brown celebrating today, as is Tashelle Killiers. And Anderson is celebrating uh, her birthday today, as is an old friend of mine, Keith Collins. He's celebrating his birthday today as well. Happy birthday, Keith, down in Jackson, Mississippi, I think. That's where he is. Uh, Deborah Thomas celebrating a birthday today, as is LaDonna Layden, Kermit Madison, and Pearl Walker. Happy birthday to each and every one of you. Uh, I hope that we will all be here next year, same time, same station, to celebrate your next trip around the sun. Congratulations and happy birthday to each and every one. Thank you, Cell. All right, so... Now we're going to get into uh, some news and notes, uh, things that have happened uh, the last few days. Uh, first, uh, Blue Over City, uh, the uh, big Ford facility uh, that is uh, going to be in Stanton, Tennessee, uh, it has broken ground finally. Uh, it's a $5.6 billion uh, plant, and uh, it will have uh, about 6,000 jobs, new jobs, and is looking to be completed in 2025. So late on Friday, uh, MLGW President and CEO J.T. Uh, Young is stepping down. He's resigning from Memphis Light, Gas, and Water as their president and CEO. Effective October 14th, uh, he is going to be returning to his home state of Florida, uh, around the Pensacola area, I believe, uh, to go back to where he came from, which is Florida Power and Light. And now the search for a new leader begins and a decision will be coming very soon as to uh, which way MLGW will go to get its power. Uh, JT uh, Young has recommended that they stay with TVA, 
Uh, now, of course, the board has to, uh, you know, approve that. And then the final approval goes to the Memphis City Council. So uh, still a couple of steps left in the process. But JT is uh, on his way out after four years as head of MLGW. Uh, in other news, uh, Re- State Representative Mark White, he wants to uh, file legislation uh, when, the, when they get back together in January uh, to make it easier to remove county elected officials from office. That Actually, that should say one county official, and that's Wanda Halbert. He wants to change the law uh, to uh, change the number of signatures required for a recall election from the current 15% to 1%. Uh, and this is, again, all related to County Clerk Wanda Halbert, uh, who is, uh, you know, continuing to. By the way, the, the clerk's office is, is open this week. So if you're still waiting for yours, and I can proudly say I'm not waiting for mine anymore. I actually got mine, so that's a good thing. Uh, the office is open uh, this week once again. Um, hurricane Ian, uh, if you've been paying attention, uh, this is one of the first major hurricanes of the season that is headed directly to Florida, towards Florida. And they've been talking about this thing all day. It is now a Category 2 hurricane. Uh, it is forecasted to be a Category 4 hurricane by either Wednesday night or Thursday morning, uh, and it could reach landfall somewhere near Tampa Bay uh, by later on this week, which really could be disastrous. So um, I know this is fall break. A lot of folks are preparing to you know, take some time off, and the, the destination of choice is Florida generally. Uh, but I would advise not to be there um, – uh, or head in that direction at all, and um, just just keep your eye on the weather because and pray for those folks down there because now they're calling for evacuations and getting the heck out of there uh, at least for the next few days because they could get anywhere from ten to twenty inches of rain, a storm surge, high winds, a whole nine yards. Uh, and so, in the uh, good news department, I always like to lead uh, in with that if I can. Uh, Memphis rapper Glorilla. Uh, donated $25,000 last Friday to her uh, alma mater, her high school, MLK Prep. Uh, and, you know, of course, I'm to understand that uh, she's an up-and-coming rising star uh, in, the, uh, in the rap game. Uh, so, once again, uh, congratulations to Glorilla uh, for giving back, which is what you need to do. If you make some success here, you need to turn around and give it back to those who are following in your footsteps or coming up behind you. So she did that 25000 to her old school. That wraps up news and notes. And so when we come back from this first commercial break, uh, we will get into things. We'll talk to Mr. Tory Bates, the executive director of For the Kingdom, and we'll try to see if we can't uh, uh, figure out, you know, uh, from his perspective, uh, just what Ezekiel Kelly uh, might have been going through prior to uh, his acts uh, a couple of weeks ago. This is Real Talk Memphis. I'm Chip. We'll take our first break, and we'll be right back. Turn the mic off. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. 
WYXR is supported by the Halloran Center with the Memphis Songwriters Series, hosted by Memphis songwriter Mark Eggers-Stewart. Mark and his musical guests take audiences behind the music, sharing personal stories and introducing new works. Guests joining Mark on September 29th include Alicia Trout, Greg Cartwright, and Don Bryant. More information at orpheum-memphis.com. Minglewood Hall presents Lucy Dacus on Friday, October 14th. Lucy Dacus is a musician, performer, and storyteller. Her most recent album, Home Video, was named a top 10 album of 2021 by NPR Music, USA Today, Rolling Stone, and the New York Times. For more information, visit MinglewoodHallMemphis.com. Support for WYXR comes from Focal Point. Located in Crosstown Concourse, Focal Point is a Southern College of Optometry clinical facility that offers fittings with designer eyewear and eco-friendly frames. Learn more at focalpointcrosstown.com. Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. <laughs> and welcome back to Real Talk. Memphis on this uh, Monday evening, beautiful Monday evening in the city. Glad to have you with us. And uh, as I said uh, before the break, you know, uh, a lot of us, uh, you know, experienced something a few weeks back that uh, none of us had ever experienced in the city, which was to to be on lockdown. Uh, you know, as a, as a particular incident took place. Well, um, I don't know how long ago it was. Fairly recently. Uh, my next guest uh, sat down uh, for an interview with the Tri-State Defender. Uh, he is the executive director of a, a youth organization in the Fraser, in the Raleigh area, excuse me, called For the Kingdom, and his name is Tory Bates. And Tory, thanks for coming on the show, man. Really appreciate it. Yep, it's a pleasure to be on with you. Thank you for the invitation. So, um, before we uh, get into this a little bit, uh, for those who don't know, please tell us uh, what your organization, For the Kingdom, does. Uh, and uh, and what you guys are all about. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, we are a 124-acre camping retreat center located in the Raleigh area. Um, we have been there for a little bit over 22 years now. Oh, my. And okay. our vision, yes, sir, I know, right? Yeah. Um, and our vision is to provide life-changing experiences for all people. Um, that's, in a nutshell, we, uh, our mission is to meet the basic human needs, uh, to provide development, and uh, unconditional love for all people. And uh, we see that done through a number of different ways. Uh, some of that is, as it sounds, basic human needs. Uh, we've been known since the pandemic as Feed the Block, where we're feeding thousands of children and senior citizens 65 and over uh, daily. Mm -hmm. um, we we are uh, kind of the, the Gatlinburg of Memphis, I call it, in, in the sense that we do have a chance to provide uh, development opportunities uh, through camping. We've got zip lines, ropes courses, uh, swings. Uh, we can sleep over 200 on our campus and our cabins and dormitories. And uh, our goal is is really to be a lighthouse 
and to be the change uh, that is needed in Memphis by doing what many people can. Uh, yes, our focus are young people, uh, but it's also all people. Uh, there are there are very few places in any city where you can say the Muslims go, the Catholics, the Presbyterians, mm. the unchurched, black, white, uh, colleges, corporations, and we have the distinct pleasure of being able to host all of those different groups. And so our number one priority is hospitality and being able to be a convener of sorts for all people. Absolutely. That that, that sounds like an amazing uh, program and, and, and facility that you have out there. Uh, you know, we're all been talking about our young people these days, and uh, there's been a there's been a pretty much, you know, targeted focus on them. And I, what drew me to what I read in, in terms of what you all do is, I mean, you really are providing an opportunity for the for the whole young person. I mean, you're providing a place for them to go as a as a as a as a respite, as a resource. But you're also providing, you know, a place where they can converse with one another and and talk about things. And I think these days, mm-hmm. uh, conversation is really uh, what what is needed uh, because it just seems as if you know a lot of folks are bottled up these days. You know what I mean? There's a lot of pressure out there. I do. And 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 so I think you provide that outlet for them. Um, but I think what it, it sounds like it's based on is a real trust um, for you and, and your facility. Talk a little bit about the trust uh, that really has to occur in order to get folks to, to you know, buy into you know, what it is you're trying to do. Yeah, I think that uh, we are the prime example of what can happen in Memphis, uh, can. Uh, up until four years ago, most people saw us as just a rich white man's house at the top of the hill. No one knew that we were there for the community. And so for us, that trust started with us um, leaving our facility and kind of putting our ear to the ground, getting into our schools, meeting with our leaders that are working with children every day, hosting listening parties and discussions that brought a diverse group of people together. And out of that, the walls began to kind of go down uh, in our community. Prior to that, uh, we had break-ins, we had robberies because we were kind of siloed away. Yes, people came to us for camping retreats, but they weren't people from our neighborhood. And so um, what we've tried to do over the last almost four years is we've tried to build the trust by just showing that consistent love, by not standing around looking for a pat on the back, but giving our life away without expecting anything in return. Mm -hmm. And what has happened is that is that um, uh, the love is felt. Both we feel the love that we now refer to as Raleigh love. um, And we feel like Raleigh feels our love as well. And out of that we have, we've been able to, to, uh, to tackle some of the hardest issues in our community, Uh, food disparity being one of them. Uh, The violence obviously is uh, a huge precipice in a lot of different communities that look a lot like Raleigh. And so we feel as if it's been just a consistency of us being there and us being willing to listen us not having a cape on as if what we have to say is more important than what we have to do. And sometimes that's just be and be present. If you're just joining us, we're speaking with Tory Bates. He is the executive director for the kingdom and uh, really giving us a, you know, good glimpse into uh, what they do is in terms of an organization. Now I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about this, uh, this article, this, uh, this story that you did, which was quite revealing uh, with the tri-state defender and uh, you, you know uh, Ezekiel Kelly, uh, and, and I don't know for how long, but 
you gave some 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 pretty uh, interesting insights as to him as a person. Because quite honestly, Tori, a lot of us are still trying to figure out, you know, what what was behind all of this, you know, why it happened. And then if people start digging into backgrounds and coming up with theories about things that they don't really know. Uh, but you do. And share a little bit of that insight, if you would not mind, uh, in, in reference to him. Yeah, I, I mean, I would just say, uh, first of all, uh, one of our young queens who serves with us, uh, knows Ezekiel well. Um, I have not ever met Ezekiel. Uh, We do have one of his little brothers that attends um, after school. He's on our campus five, six days a week. He rides his bike up there to play ball, to get Mm -hmm. dinner, Mm -hmm. just to hang out. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, what I would say is, um, you know, it's kind of what we have all around our city and all around cities around our country right now, is that we've got young people who are raising themselves. And it doesn't matter if you're coming from well-manicured lawns or you're coming from uh, places that look like Raleigh or Frazier right now, where uh, the poverty percentage is really, really high. Um, I, I think Ezekiel's story represents uh, really twofold. One, uh, the decay in the Black family, um, where, again, he's raised himself and so that there are counterfeits in our communities uh, like gangs that do give young people, young men, young women, a place to belong. Um, and that relationship is not based on love, uh, not not the kind of love that we would want, um, but it is accentuated by daily violent, violence vitamins. And uh, we don't typically do anything, right? And so I would say it first starts with the decay in the Black family where we, we have our minds so set on earning a dollar even if it means I have to work a couple of jobs mm-hmm. in order to do it, that we leave our children at home with no guidance, um, without having to ask for permission to go outside, without being able to experience love at a high level. Um, and then I would say the second part of that just has to do with uh, with the community. I think that Ezekiel felt like a lot. Uh, the, re- the rehabilitation that does not go on when a young man is arrested or a young woman is arrested, um, the arrest alone, the incarceration alone doesn't solve anything. And so I think you take the two of those, you combine them together, not having any background, a foundation of love that he know he would always be accepted in. And then the incarceration of another young man who's who's really not taking away from the violence, but the violence is now essentially being given to him on steroids while he's incarcerated, along with the, the access to drugs being readily available as they would if he was not. Um, And then just dropping that young man back out into the community with no game plan, but now with a felony record and not able to get a job. There are no life skills. There is, there, there are no, there are, there are not a lot of people in our communities that are accepting of young men like him. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's not the kind of young man that's going to walk into your church on a Sunday. And unfortunately um, the majority of our churches are closed outside of Sunday. Right. And so where does a young man like him fall? Let me ask you just a a simple question that may be a complicated answer. I mean, how do we what what do we need to do to reach um, people like 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 him uh, who who may be, you know, at a crossroads and who may be facing choices? And many of those choices may not be positive choices. The pull of the streets is extraordinarily strong. But how do we reach? Uh, uh, young folks uh, at, at critical junctures in life, you know, to keep them having situations like we had not too long ago? I know it sounds simple, Chip, but I would say love. The kind of love that um, 
does not make an excuse for what you do, because as we all know, that's not love, um, but the kind of love that accepts you regardless of what happens. I think that it, that has to be the foundation, the kind of love that would visit that young man while he's in while he's incarcerated right now. Right. Yeah. It's the kind of love that must be exuded. Um, and second to that, I would say that we need we need resources in communities that give other options to the drugs and to the gangs and to the kind of other ways in which young men and young women have a way to go and earn um, while they're young. And I would say that we have to have job and work readiness initiatives in our communities that reach young people at an early age and help them matriculate through. And then we have to provide the kind of exposure with that love uh, that gives them an opportunity to see more than Raleigh, more than Frazier, yeah. more than North Memphis, right? I think it's a combination of that, the kind of love that is thought, thoughtful enough to think about a young man or young woman and what it's going to take to allow them to grow and that can inspire them to be more than what they've seen. Uh, before I let you go, for people who don't, uh, you know, want to know more about your your organization, and it sounds amazing, Pastor Ricky Floyd uh, thinks uh, he told me he, he he used two words to describe you. He said he's real, uh, so uh, uh, and that's a high praise coming from him and Charlie Caswell as well. But but how do people find out more about For the Kingdom? I want people to to really understand about you know if they want to reach you, how they do that. For sure, uh, you can find us on uh, any digital platform at FTK. Memphis. Um, you can find us online at www.ftkmemphis.org um, are the best ways to find us. And our campus is open Monday through Friday from 10 to 6. Uh, and we're located off of Raleigh Millington Road. You just Google for the kingdom, uh, Memphis, Tennessee, and you'll be able to find us. Tori Bates, Executive Director for the Kingdom. Thank you, sir, for uh, taking some time uh, out of your schedule to uh, to uh, chat with me and our audience. Uh, you gave us some really good insights, and uh, God bless you for the work that you're doing, and uh, please stay safe out there. Have a wonderful evening. All right, you too. Thank you so much. Tory Bates, ladies and gentlemen, uh, for um, for the Kingdom is his organization, and, and really some great insights into you know, what some of our young people need, desperately need in this town. We've had this conversation, you know, several times in the past, and we're going to continue to have these conversations until some action is is actually taken uh, to back those words up. We're going to take our uh, next break, and when we come back, we're going to shift gears a bit, and we're going to talk to a man uh, that many of you are familiar with in this uh, town. We're going to talk about uh, his work as an attorney. We're also going to talk about uh, his philosophy of giving back to the community, and a couple of other things. This is Real Talk Memphis. I'm Chip. You know who you are. Quick break. Right back. You're listening to Real Talk with Chip Washington. If you're celebrating a birthday, anniversary, or special occasion, shoot him a note and he'll read it on the air. Get involved and tell somebody about Real Talk. Minglewood we'll right Hall back. presents Lucy Dacus on Friday, October 14th. Lucy Dacus is a musician, performer, and storyteller. Her most recent album, Home Video, was named a top 10 album of 2021 by NPR Music, USA Today, Rolling Stone, and the New York Times. For more information, visit MinglewoodHallMemphis.com. 
The Tambourine Bash returns to the Overton Park Shell October 13th. A night of unexpected Memphis music collaboration, the Tambourine Bash features performances by Nick Black, Serena Wages, Nico the Goddess, Aquarian Blood, Lucky Seven Brass Band, Rachel Maxan, Tia Henderson, Black Cream, Yella P, Mark Edgar Stewart, Grace Askew, Graham Winchester, and more special surprise guests. Tickets start at $15 and support Music Export Memphis' mission of creating opportunities for Memphis musicians to rep our city worldwide. More information and tickets at musicexportmemphis.org. This October, WITR celebrates two years of serving the public through sound, and we want to bring you to our home for WITR's second birthday party, presented by Crosstown Brewing Company. You've hung around to hear all the music, talk, news, and other assorted fun we've mixed up just for you, and you're still supporting us until the next chapter of our journey. So we want to invite you to party with us at the WITR Studios, October 5th, 5 to 7 p.m. The Brooks is open in Overton Park. Home to Memphis art collection since 1916, the Memphis Brooks Museum of Art holds the largest collection of world art in the region with more than 10,000 works spanning 5,000 years of art and cultures. Remember, every Wednesday is free and open until 8 p.m. They are a proud sponsor of WYXR. For more information about the museum and their exhibitions, visit brooksmuseum.org. You belong at the Brooks. Art Walk is returning to the v Green Line on Saturday, October 8th from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Station House on the corner of Avalon and Tutwiler near Crosstown. Enjoy a local artist market, craft, beer, food, music, and more. All proceeds support the V&E Green Line. More at vegreenline.org. Music meets you wherever you are. A great record finds you, and the trick it pulls off is that it records you. The music always remembers who you were when it first hit you, and for the rest of your natural-born life, wherever you go, music can take you back to whoever you were. At Loaded for Bear, the way we approach art and brand design is to find our clients wherever they really are, meet them there, and create lasting work that captures who they are. Just like y'all, we're from Memphis, and we're listeners. Loaded for Bear is proud to ride for WYXR and community radio anywhere. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this Monday evening. Chip Washington with you. Uh, very uh, glad to have you uh, with us as well. As is my next guest, and I'll just, I'll just say, I'll just say one thing, uh, one, one catchphrase, and you automatically know who I'm talking about. Let us be your voice. Now, when I, when I, when I posted uh, that uh, Henry Reeves was going to be on my show this evening. Uh, it was a phenomenal response in terms of, you know, folks uh, uh, knowing who he is. And I'm very happy to have him on our show tonight. It's the first time we've had a chance to chat. So uh, it's good to have you on the show, Henry. Uh, thanks for coming on Real Talk tonight. Hey, definitely an honor to be invited. Well, I tell you what, man, listen, uh, we we all know too all too well um, uh about you and and your law firm and uh, you know uh, your 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 catchphrase is is one that 
everyone knows. I guess I want to do a little backstory on you. How long have you been an attorney, and what made you decide that this was the field that you wanted to choose to go into? Uh, it was, uh, I graduated from law school in 2009, so I'm, I'm coming up on uh, 13 years. So I've been a licensed attorney about 13 years, uh, and I've had my practice for about 11. Okay. So so two years, I put my time in uh, working at the insurance defense firm and opened mine up for about 11 years. And the thing that kind of, um, you know, uh, drove me to be a lawyer, why I, I kind of want to be a lawyer is, uh, you know, just my... Uh, you know, the neighborhood I, I, I kind of grew up in when I, I when looked around, the only people who I saw who were like really successful and had, you know, lots of money and, and stuff like that were like drug dealers and their attorneys. Mm. And, I, and wow. I didn't want to sell drugs. And so uh, I had a cousin who was an attorney and like the drug dealers, they had nice European cutlasses and, mm. and Chevys and stuff like that. But my cousin, he had a Lexus. He had a bubble eye pearl white Lexus. And I just, you know, when I saw him, I just knew it was just different. And so that was, uh, you know, one of the first seeds of just really planning and, and someone showing me that there was a, a different way. Since you have, uh, you know, been doing uh, your, your law practice, you've established yourself as someone who uh, is not only good at his craft, but but more importantly, and it's always more important to me, uh, in terms of uh, the responsibility uh, that successful folks have in giving back to the community. And I know that you have, uh, you, you, you pride yourself in that. I mean, in terms of, of giving back, I, I did read some a place where uh, where you uh, fed a lot of folks uh, during the, during our dealing with COVID. And, and uh, you know, j- just talk a little bit about how important it is uh, not only to take but to to give back uh you know uh to folks who are supporting your effort man i think that um you know it, it comes from a couple places uh, uh one of them is just kind of coming from uh humble beginnings and i know how important it is um to kind of get help in those times of need and also how much it means to really um you know, to to really be there for the people when they may or they may not have it. Mm -hmm. And in addition to that, just anyone who's been successful, anyone who's reached any uh, level of like financial success, there there becomes a point of diminishing returns where it's like you got this money and, you know, you you have this amount of joy from getting money. But in order for you to get more joy, uh, you have to help other people. It's not just about, it's not just about, you know, you anymore. And so uh, a lot of this stuff that I do, uh, I mean, if, if I have to admit, it's it's selfish in a way because, um, you know, it, it makes me feel good as well. So so I, I do receive joy from helping other people. If you're just joining us, we are speaking with uh, Henry Reeves, a well-known attorney here uh, in Memphis and in, in, in Shelby County. And, you know, I, I, I was, uh, before I, I was thinking about you earlier today, and I was and I before trying to prep for the interview. And there's a one one commercial spot that you do that I haven't seen in a while, but I just think it really speaks to uh, kind of what you just said. You, you did a spot a while back with your son, and you and your son were having a conversation, you know, just about life and and and, and the importance of being. Talk about why you chose to do that and, and what was the message that you hope to uh, to put out behind that spot? 
Well, uh, you know, a, a lot of the times when I, I do the commercials or when I do my ads, I, I figure that the people are going to see it. So if I have an opportunity to feed them and, and provide positive images of uh, black fathers and, and black men, if I could accomplish all that at the, at the same time, I, I definitely want to do it. Uh, if you look at my ads and my commercials, uh, a lot of times, I want to see kind of what is the need of our community, what's the need of Memphis, what do I feel that Memphis needs or, or needs to hear, and I go ahead and give that to them because I don't have to do uh, just all commercials like you've been in a car wreck, you want to check, come in, you know, come over here yeah. because they already know what I do. They know I do car wrecks. Uh, they they've seen the commercials about the verdicts. They've seen the testimonials and stuff like that. So if I have an opportunity to uh share any type of uh of wisdom or inspiration with people within that for that 30 seconds uh they want to be watching that commercial i, I definitely want to try to do it so uh let's shift gears a little bit and i i think it's it, it's fair to say that another passion of yours is 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 uh is the film uh industry uh you have a project coming out called queen rising uh, it is, uh, I think it's a screening uh, this week. And tell us a little bit about Queen Rising and your, your company is producing it, why you decided to to do that and what this project is all about. Yeah, I mean, it was a, a back uh, story. I, I always kind of had a, a heart for artists and a, a, a heart for the arts. When I was uh, maybe in, in, in seventh grade, uh, my father was uh, stationed out in, in 29 Palms, California. Mm -hmm. And so we spent some time out there mm -hmm. and I was in a play and it was a little shop of horrors okay. and I was Mr. I was Mr. Mushnick. So I had like the second most lines. Like I was the shop owner, you know, I got eight by the plant at the end, but I was, <laughs> you know, but I was, but I was in it. Okay. And uh, at that time I may have been 12 or, or 13 and uh, the cast, they had a party, they had a pool party. And I was so excited, you know, nothing more important than a swimming pool, you know, when you're 12 and you're 13 years old. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went to the, uh, you know, I went, had my mom get my stuff and get me dropped off. And uh, when I went to go, they was like, you're not invited. And I was the only black person, you know, at that time who was who was on the cast because this was like in the desert. My father was stationed out in the desert at that time. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, it kind of I kind of shied away from all the acting and the arts. They just kind of killed my you know, they kind of just killed my little spirit sure. you know, for that. And so. Uh, once I really established myself uh, as an as a uh, attorney, and I spent ten years building up my business, and I and I had systems and processes, I want to kind of return to that love, and I did that in this Queen Rising. Except uh, this time, you know, I was able to uh, prepare the story, and I, I greenlit it, executive produced, and was able to do everything pretty much independently. So part of it is uh, I want to express myself and I want to kind of reclaim something that I felt was kind of taken from me uh, back then. Wow, that's a, that's a very interesting backstory. So uh, the are you going to give us any, any I mean, uh, is, 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 the, is the movie based on kind of sort of what you just talked about? Uh, uh, no, uh, well, this movie, um, you know, it, it starts it starts October 7th. It's going to be running in the theaters for, you know, it'll be running the theaters, you know, all the way probably up until, uh, uh, you know, till November or something like that. But mm -hmm. the, it's a, it's basically, it's a suspense thriller and it's uh, based here in Memphis. There's a Memphis based 
uh, actors. I have a Memphis director. I have Memphis cinematographer. But when I kind of came into this, just the way that I look at the law firm, I understand that uh, Reeves Law Firm, I know that I don't just represent Henry Reeves. I know that I represent black businesses, period. Mm -hmm. And so there's a certain level of quality uh, that I want to try to bring to my law practice. And I felt the exact same way with making this film. And I didn't want it to be just because it's a black film or just because an African-American produced it and financed it. I want to make sure that the picture quality, the sound quality, the writing, yeah. the acting is all on par. Yeah. So uh, we were blessed to have a great, great crew, even though uh, our, a lot of our cast are based out of Hollywood and Atlanta and stuff like that. They are originally from Memphis. The okay. star okay. of the movie, April Hale, who is a phenomenal uh, actress, you get a chance, you can uh, Google and see what she's doing. She's from right here in Whitehaven. And uh, the lead actor, uh, Zayman Glassman, he's right from Orange Mound, even though he's been in Atlanta doing Tyler Perry stuff and, and things like that. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I, I'm going to tell you, it's going to be entertaining. The one thing that I knew is if I got people that are going to give their time, they're going to spend their money, I felt that it's my duty to exact make sure that I'm making something that's entertaining and there's also going to be a, a messages hidden inside it. So uh, I think that they're going to really, really, I think Memphis will really, really enjoy it. And I'm hoping that this is going to be the first of many productions. Well, very, very good. Get out and support uh, Memphis, is, which is which is uh, what he's doing. Well, listen, man, I, I'm, I'm really uh, uh, appreciate you taking time to come on the show tonight. And uh, uh, it's a pleasure to 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 meet you and, and chat, chat you up a little bit and talk about it. And I look forward to uh, down the road, having you back on the show again to talk about uh, you know anything you want, in particular this budding film career you got going on here. Hey, I'll, I'll come back, which that means you're gonna have to come to my premiere trip. We're gonna send you a ticket, yes, and sir. you can tell that you can tell the truth. Yes, sir. Tell the truth to your audience when you see the movie. Yes, sir. You can tell them if the baby is ugly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Henry Reeves. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Really appreciate it. I'm gonna try to make that movie for real. I, I promise you that and support your product. I really. Hey, you have a great one, Chip. Take care, man. Take care of yourself. All Thanks right. a lot. Wow, Henry Reeves, uh, you know, not only a man of the people in terms of uh, his uh, law practice, but, uh, yeah, a budding, uh, you know, movie producer and star and the whole nine yards. Uh, great to have him on the show. We're going to take our final break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, the best way to take care of your yard, especially since we are getting into the fall of the year. This is Real Talk Memphis. I'm Chip. We'll be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. next round of our collaboration beers with Crosstown Brewing Company is ready. Take a walk down the tart end of the street, where soul music meets a fruity and flavorful sour beer with notes of pineapple, peach, and apricot. You can find the beer at grocery stores and other local Crosstown Brewing Company retailers. A portion of the proceeds goes towards helping WYXR and supporting community radio in Memphis. Visit CrosstownBeer.com for more information. Support. 
support for WYXR comes from our partners at Spaces Group, a certified Miller Knoll dealer. Spaces Group is a commercial furniture dealership located in Memphis, Tennessee and Jackson, Mississippi, specializing in furniture for the corporate, healthcare, educational, and nonprofit markets. More information at spacesgrp.com or their Instagram at Spaces Memphis. Support for WYXR comes from Focal Point. Located in Crosstown Concourse, Focal Point is a Southern College of Optometry clinical facility that offers fittings with designer eyewear and eco-friendly frames. Learn more at focalpointcrosstown.com. Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this Monday evening, rolling right on through uh, another good show. And, you know, I met this fella uh, not too long ago. Uh, and, uh, you know, he was, I listened to him talk and he really knows his stuff. He's a horticulturist. Uh, and uh, he does a little show. Uh, you may have seen him on WKNO. Uh, he is Booker T. Lee. And Booker, thanks for coming on my show, man. I really appreciate you. Glad to be on here. How you doing tonight? I'm doing well, man. I'm really doing well. And thank you uh, again for being here. So, we, we just changed seasons now. You know, we, we're leaving a very hot, hot summer, and now we're easing into fall now. Uh, mm-hmm. and, I, and, I, and I'm sure there are some, some tips to, you know, those, those, those folks who love to play in the dirt like my wife. They love to be out there in gardens and, and messing around <laughs> out there in the dirt. So um, now that we're shifting gears here, uh, w- what do we need to do in terms of our plants and, 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 and kind of you know, prepping things, you know, as we move on down the line this year? One of the things about the, getting your plants ready for the winter, that's the one important thing we need to do now, to yeah. get our plants ready for the winter. And a lot of things, a lot of time now, that you, this is a good time now just to walk around your landscape just to see what needs to be done. See if you have any dead branches or dead plants around it anywhere into your landscape. So, uh, you know, we've been through a really dry period for a while. I know around in some part of Tennessee or some part in, in the country have been real dry. Yeah. It's not good for your plants to go into, into winter completely dry you know you might want to if they real dry you might need to water those some like some water into the soil especially before it gets real real cold in there and people don't realize that especially you got a lot of evergreen plants now they use a lot of water during the winter months and you know you might not think so but they use water during the winter months because the wind will dry them out faster sometimes in the sun will so you need to keep that in mind that when you're looking around your landscape you got a lot of green evergreen plants so, so let me let me ask you this question. A, a lot of a lot of plants uh, are are seasonal. Uh, right. You know, I mean, they they thrive in the summer. A lot, a lot of them like heat, like you said, and and, and some don't. Uh, you know, is it is it time to start maybe pruning uh, some of the plants that that are going to start to maybe die off? You know, as we get into you know the fall and the winter months. That's a that's a good question about pruning plants. Sometimes you need to prune plants at a certain time of the year. Now you don't want to go out and prune all your zellia plant right now. You know, some some that bloom early in the springtime, you don't want to prune those right now because they're getting ready to set blooms. They set in they set in buds right now. 
you got them prone nose right now, you might be cutting your blowings off in next year. Mm. So now like uh some plants that you can prune now that are like like your a lot of your large trees, your oak tree, your maple tree, you got some big trees that need pruning, this is a good time to do that once they go dormant. And when I say go dormant, when sometimes when the leaves fall off, then you can tell where you need to prune them at. You know. And, and, and prune them correctly. You know, I don't like to prune nothing over my head myself now. It's like an expert to do my pruning because you don't want to get hurt pruning trees. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times you plant prune and you need to prune them at a certain time of the year. And the most time, the best time to prune plants, you don't know when to prune them. Prune them once they finish blooming. If you have a plant in your landscape, when once it's finished blooming, you want to prune it then. Fertilizer. Uh, you know, a lot of folks saying, you know, put that put that down out there that, you know, helps to absorb the moisture. I think I heard you say one, once upon a time. And but but as we get into this, uh, this change of season, this is a less important component. No. Yes. Yeah. Fertilizer is very important in your plant. And not only the fertilizer you plant, but the soil pH of your plant. You know, most plants need a soil pH between 6.0 and 6.5. The only way you can tell that if I doing a soil test, and this is a good time of year now to fall, the best time of year to do a soil test, it'll tell you what you need to add to your plant and kind of fertilizer. You know, you, we need to add lime to it, you can add lime to it now. Uh, you need to add some other kind of fertilizer to it, like your phosphorus and potassium. This would be a good time to do it now. You might want to, you don't want to add a whole lot of nitrogen fertilizer to your plants in, in the wintertime because you don't want to give them a whole lot of extra growth. And during during the fall of the year, because we have a real cold spell, mm-hmm. they can be damaged all by that. So, but right now, do a soil test. I know where you locate. Check with your local extension service. They have soil boxes, information sheet to tell you how to do a soil test, and it'd be your best time to do that. If you're just joining us, we're speaking with Booker T. Lee, the horticulturist out there at the UT Extension, and he's kind of giving us some tips. As we, uh, you know, for our yard and garden, as we uh, enter into the fall and eventually into the, the winter months. Booker, what is the biggest mistake that people make in terms of their, 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 their gardens and, 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 and plants and trees and things like that uh, as we change from season to season, and particularly as we're heading into the fall? What's, what's the biggest mistake folks make? We get a lot, we get a lot of phone calls. Now, people want to know about cutting it, about, about the lawn grasses. You know, when the grass begin to go dormant now, you got the Bermuda grass and your Zoysia grass. Those are the two warm season grass. In a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks from now, they be, they be turning brown. Mm-hmm. We get a lot of calling to do. I need to cut my grass real low. For the winter months, I need to leave it the same height. You want to cut it the same height that you're doing it right now. You cut your grass the same height. You don't want to cut it too low. Because you cut it too low, though a root can be exposed to the to the cold, to the cold weather, a hard freeze somewhere, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it can damage the lawn grass, panacea, and it won't come out. They see it not coming out in the springtime because they damage the root system in the wintertime. So don't cut it too low, and do not fertilize your your, your warm season grass now with a nitrogen fertilizer because it's getting ready to turn brown and go dormant right now. When I say go dormant, you don't start seeing it turning brown. Another thing, your grass turned brown on top, but those roots are still active in the soil. So even even though they're even though it's dormant, the grass is not growing. I mean, it's it's, it's still active underneath. The roots are okay. still active in the soil. The, the top part just killed off because of the cold weather. Uh-huh. And we got that. That got it. That got it turning. That got it brown. But you need to make sure that now, if you don't realize this, this whole thing, but a lot of times we go through a real, real, real dry, dry winter. Yeah. You might need to give your grass a little water, cause those roots in the stick keep the, keep some water in those moisture in those root system. 
a lot of times we don't need to do that because we get a lot of rain during the wintertime. Mm-hmm. You don't need to do that. But a lot of times, we, I'm saying, there's a real dry spell now. There's a real dry spell. But that hardly happens sometimes. That hardly happen, But it could happen. Those, those roots are still acting in the soil. Does does the temperature, you know, be, you know, we've seen some pretty extreme temperatures uh, this summer in particular. And we're, we're getting down into the 80s now and maybe a couple of 70s and before things settle in. But but even at temperatures of 80 degrees, 85 degrees, whatever, I mean, there's still I mean, is it still necessary to to, to to get out there and put water on it or just let the process take its, take its source as far as, you know, you know, getting brown and kind of moving on? You, you probably won't need to do that, no. We just, no. We, we have had some rain going into the going into the going into the winter months. No, we we've been dry for a while right now. We've been dry for a while. We had some rain, no, some week. Someone had some rain over the weekend. Yeah, and that should be good right now. That should be good for your grass now, right now. But it, it, like I said, don't start turning. With the cool nights coming down, it's going to start turning brown soon. You'll see it turning brown late, later on. Come man, I'm more mad now. Probably about. Every two weeks now, instead of every once, it, little twice a week, it doesn't begin to slow down some. You what? see, it begin to slow down some because you're not growing as fast as you used to. You know, now you got a you have a cool season grass now, like fescue. Yeah, that's a cool season grass. It's going to start growing now. It don't start growing, and you might have to cut that during the winter time because it's a cool season grass. Oh my god, it grows during the winter months. <laughs> Oh my gosh! So it's, it's 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 always something, man. Listen, I I'm just I I'm 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 getting pressed for time here, but but you know, one quick question: um, Are moles and voles and them nasty little things active during the winter months? Yeah, you don't see them emerge. You don't see them a whole lot during the winter months, but they still be active in the winter months. They, but they might they, sometimes they go down in the soil a little deeper. You don't see them. And there, uh, but don't look, you, you might see a little small. Now, bowls and mold are two different things now. Okay. A bowl makes small holes into your soil. You see them in there, they make a small hole grind in the soil. Yeah. Your mold kind of lift the soil up, so you see what it kind of oh, yeah. roots, oh, yeah. roots up in there. Yeah. And we get all kind of calls, all kind of people got all kind of ideas how to control the old molds and your, uh, mm-hmm. I got your ideas. Gum, chewing gum, and yeah. all this, but. UT recommendation to get you a mold trap. Yeah, yeah. You trap those molds in there. Yeah, I'm gonna trap some somewhere. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm I'm, I'm about sick and tired of molds too. Especially <laughs> that kind. But listen, Booker, thank you so much, man, for taking some time to come on the show today. I really learned some I things. I enjoyed it, man. Thank you anytime. Be glad to. And and well, thank you again. Appreciate appreciate you and all your work, man. And we'll be talking soon. Appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Yes, sir. Well, you know. I'm about sick of cutting grass. I can tell you that right now. That that is that's something that I'm not gonna miss. I think I have to cut it at least one more time, uh, just to kind of get it evened out or whatever. But I'm tired of cutting grass, so I'm glad the seasons are changing. Hey, listen, this has been a great show tonight. And even if uh, I did not get my glazed donut before the show, uh, I still, um, uh, you know, I still enjoy being here with you for this hour. And as Cell uh, plays us out, uh, as we uh, wrap up another edition of Real Talk Memphis, listen, thanks for uh, joining us tonight. Really appreciate you. Rachel and my brother Mike is on there. James Winfrey is in the house. Uh, Randy P. Leslie. I saw Amandra McLaughlin, uh, a.k.a. my little brother, Audrey Hill, and uh, several other folks tonight uh, on the uh, Facebook Live line. And so, listen, you know, we're always trying to grow. We're always trying to improve. We're always trying to do better. So, uh, you know, if you like what you hear, you like the, the whole concept of the show, go out and tell somebody, okay? Because together we grow. 
So uh, for all of us tonight, uh, having a great time tonight. Uh, for Cell, uh, for Nicole, for Lola, I'm Chip. And, you know, again, thank you sincerely. Thank you for joining uh, us tonight. The Lord says so. We'll be back here next week, same time, same chair. We'll try to do it just a little bit better in the meantime and between time. For all of us here at Real Talk Memphis, we are out. Have a great week.